I'm going to read from the scripture, Luke uh, 23, verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him, that's Jesus, to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Over these last few weeks, we've been looking at this series on encounters with Jesus and different people in different circumstances who have encountered Jesus Christ. And today we're looking at the criminals on the cross and their encounter with Jesus. We've seen all sort of different responses and attitudes from, from crowds and, uh, and individuals. And we've seen Jesus respond differently to those different people. To the religious leaders, to large crowds, to sick people. And I've been really challenged to see myself in the picture. Where am I at in this story? Am I part of the crowd that is just yelling out and uh, just following what everyone else is saying? Do I see myself as one of the religious, arrogant type who knows it all and has my way of doing life? Perhaps you see yourself at times as the broken, sick, who's coming by faith to be restored and healed. Where do you see yourself? What would Jesus say to me? His response to the religious leaders and the the teachers of the law, as we've seen in, in recent weeks, is to see right through their practices and to look into their heart. challenging them why are you doing the things that you do why do you do that and it's a constant challenge for us today you know we can have the the best um, ideas the best ministries the best activities to do but still do them with the worst attitude in just a few weeks, I'm hoping, and I haven't said anything sort of publicly, but um, 
to partner up with a, a team called Orange Sky who provide uh, washing services and, and, and dryer for, for, for those who sleep rough, for the homeless, and, and so they, they can come here on a Saturday and, and we'll provide like a soup kitchen and, and provide a place for people to come and sit and talk. And I know there's a handful of people really in, keen to be involved in that and there's opportunity for you to be involved in that. But as I thought about these, you know, different ministries, different ideas to reach people, even in some of these, what seems to be a wonderful thing to do, we can have the worst attitude. Selfishness, pride. So concerned about what people think about us. And it made me think, well, why are we doing it? Why are we doing the things that we do? Not just that new ministry idea, but why are we doing Sunday morning? Why are we doing playgroup, kids club? Why do we get together to have coffee every fortnight? Why do we do the things that we do? And our purpose, and I would expect it and I hope that this is really the driving force behind everything that we do is to give people an opportunity to know and follow Jesus. What's the motive? What's the attitude? Jesus sees through the practices and challenges. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? And you notice that when Jesus forgives and when Jesus heals and when Jesus shows compassion and grace and love, it's not to those who come in the right attire and and a looking great and it's not to those who have a, a some sort of status in the community they're not the qualifications it's actually to those who come in faith those who come believing that Jesus is who he says he is that Jesus can heal and they come and they believe by faith that Jesus can forgive I think there's no greater scene or more important circumstance than to ask yourself the question, where am I at in this scene when we consider the criminals on the cross and their encounter with Jesus? Where am I at in this scene? Either side of Jesus, we have these criminals and you might think, well, that's a bit harsh. I've been a pretty good person to consider me as a criminal, to picture myself in their shoes. But ultimately, this picture is, is telling us about humanity, that there are the two types of people, those who reject Salvation and forgiveness and a relationship with their creator and those who accept and believe by faith. One leads to eternity in his presence and the other is separated from God in absolute torment forever. 
And so I want to just look at these three, these three, uh, words that we that describe what's going on at the cross and they are redemption at the cross rejection at the cross and lastly and most importantly a rescue at the cross we're probably all familiar with the word redeem uh, it's a it's a word that we we see a lot in purchases and emails um, redeem a voucher redeem a uh, 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 whatever you might have, a code or whatever, and redeem it at the gate or to get in, to get access. If you do a, go to your emails like I did during the week and just type in redeem, like search and search all through your emails over the last few years, I came out, so many emails want to tell you about redeeming, you know, buy this, give us 50 bucks and you can redeem it at the petrol station or, you know, whatever you might do. When we went to Queensland the other week, we went onto a, a website and we we bought um, a few like attraction things to do at Dreamworld or whatever. And we went to a, a wildlife park, the um, Corumban. And when we got to Queensland, uh, the emails were useless unless we redeemed them for entry into these places. We got to Corumban Wildlife Park and they have the zip lines across the uh, uh, the treetop challenge they have four courses they get higher and higher as you go up I did the first two and then I was wishing we didn't redeem those vouchers at uh, Corumban because I was exhausted I was so tired, I hate heights uh, the kids just went on and on and on and did all four and did the four again and they loved it But redemption, redeeming, is actually, when we're talking about the context of scripture, is actually much deeper than that. It's a much deeper meaning than that. It actually means to, to repurchase or to buy back something. It, it, we don't have a lot of that in our side, but like, I know those places like cash converters. You know, you can, I think you can take a possession in. And they'll give you $500 and you go away and you spend it or whenever you need to and then you need to go back and if you want your possession back, you have to pay for it. And that's more along the, the lines of what redemption and to redeem is about, to buy back, to redeem your possession. You know, Adam and Eve were created by God in the image of God to be in relationship with God. But because of sin, they were separated from God and only through death can they be made right with God. And you know, we're in the same position. You were fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are created in the image of God. The purpose for your existence is to be in relationship with your creator. Because of sin, we too are born separated from God in need of forgiveness. And that takes death, the death of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, Paul said in, uh, in verse 13, for he, that's Jesus, God has rescued us 
from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In him, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Redemption at the cross comes through the price of our sin being paid through the death of Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin. And we are brought back into relationship. We're brought back into a relationship that we were initially created for. And that comes at a massive price. A massive price. God in flesh. 2,000 years ago coming to this earth to die for our sin. And I was thinking during the week, what a horrible, huge consequence that is. And why is it that when the creator of the universe comes in human form and dies this death for us, well, you know, I was thinking, why don't everyone just believe? <laughs> what a price. What an act of love. You know, the truth is, even if Jesus came and just sort of said, listen, if you want forgiveness, if you want to be made right with God, if you want to come into a relationship with the almighty God, just give two hours of your week to help someone, pray three times a day, and that's it. Do those two practical things, and that will be salvation secured for you. The, the truth is, people will reject that. People will say no to that. People will still say, I don't need Jesus. I don't need to be forgiven. In Romans 5, whoops, in Romans 5 verse 12 to 17, I love these verses. It says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus? It's a great passage and you could speak for hours on that passage, but you know, I just want to highlight you know, that through Adam came sin and with that sin came death, both spiritually cut off from God relationally and sorry both physically there is now death and this life comes to an end and spiritually cut off relationally from God 
I just love verse 15 that talks about the gifts, that it's not like the trespass, that sin brings judgment, but the gift brings justification, that we are made right before a holy God because of the gifts. The sin of one man brought death, but those who receive the gift by the grace of God will reign in life. And that's not talking about the the physical reigning in life. No. We're all too aware that this life is very temporary. But we are to reign in life, in the spiritual and in what is to come. We are redeemed by the Messiah. The Messiah who came in peace and who came in love and who came in sacrifice but will come again, will come again to rule and reign. And we who are followers of Jesus will reign in life with him. Redemption at the cross. But you know there's also rejection at the cross. We don't know a lot about the criminals. We know that there were two, one on the left, one on the right. And and the word that describes these two is not talking merely about petty, uh, you know, a a, a loaf of bread or a, a, you know, a little pint of milk to feed the family. It it refers and and talks more about an insurrection behaviour a rebellious group, people that wouldn't hesitate to, to, to murder and to rob and to pillage. And the punishment was death. That's where these two were at in their life. They were facing death. They're at the end. The leader of such a group was a guy you'd be well familiar with, Barabbas. That's his character. That's who he is. That's the one they called out, release Barabbas, crucify Jesus. That's the sort of character they're releasing. In Matthew and Mark, we actually read that both of these guys were hurling insults at Jesus. Both of the criminals were hurling insults at Jesus. What a scene. God in flesh. John 1 says that through him, through Jesus, all things were made and nothing was created except by him. Colossians 1 takes it further and states that all things hold together through Jesus. What a scene. The Pharisees, the teachers, the criminals. Here is the the one who the earth turns in its perfect way because of Jesus. The sun hangs in its perfect place for us to exist because of Jesus. The skin on their bodies holds together because of Jesus. And here they are saying crucify him.
criminals uh, insulting him, even at this time of their life. Something changes in the heart of one of these criminals when he encounters the Messiah on the cross. Yet here is the other criminal who, along with the teachers of the law, along with the Pharisees, are mocking Jesus. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. He had no interest, no interest in the kingdom, no interest of eternity. He would have just loved another day to walk around Jerusalem. Another day to torment people. He would just loved another week of his everyday life. Thirdly, the rescue. There's a rescue at the cross. As I said, we don't have a lot of info on these two. Uh, We don't even have much that talks about their interactions. But just as one rejected Jesus, the other is rescued by Jesus. And as one continued to hurl insults, as I said previously, something happened in the heart of the other criminal. And he changed. And he says to the other criminal, don't you fear God? Don't you fear God? I I felt it was a wonderful reminder of the faithfulness of God to save. Yeah, there's no there's no cut off date. There's no cut off age. It, it might be a rare occurrence that someone on their deathbed turns around and says, "Yes, I need forgiveness. I need Jesus. Remember me, Lord, in your kingdom." That might be rare, but God's grace and mercy is extended to everyone. If you're in your 80s, 90s, in the midst of horrible circumstances, in the midst of of life where you have made some terrible decisions, you don't need to do anything heroic. You don't need to do anything extraordinary. But God's grace is extended to you. His invitation to be redeemed to be brought back is to you. To come by faith. Accept the gift that brings forgiveness and life. It's an interesting place to find salvation, don't you think? Here's a man naked, hanging on a cross, after living such a life, probably people would have been happy to see him up there. What an interesting place to find salvation, looking over 
to the man in the middle. And seeing your rescuer. Seeing your saviour. Recognising the Messiah. Believing that this person hanging on this cross next to me can bring me forgiveness and peace and eternal life in paradise. That that is faith, isn't it? That is faith. This man saved by grace through faith. What an incredible encounter with Jesus for that man. Life-changing for eternity. What an incredible encounter as the saviour of the world hung on the cross in absolute agony and pain, close to death himself, extends grace beyond measure and invites this man, because of his faith, invites him into the kingdom. Irrespective of how old you are today or how many times you've been in this church or another church, irrespective of of the decisions you've made so far in life, Jesus extends the invitation to believe by faith, to be forgiven, to know his grace, to know his love, to know purpose for your life, to be certain of where you will spend eternity, just like the criminal on the cross. And you don't need to do anything extraordinary this morning to receive that. Isn't that great? Jesus came and did it all. And he extends it to you to say, come today by faith. Believe and you will be saved. Father God, we are humbled to think that Jesus has paid the price for our sin. Thank you that today we are forgiven if we believe by faith in Jesus as our Saviour and our Lord. There's no hoops to jump through. There's no money to give. There's no works to be done. Your mercies are new every morning. Your love is unconditional. What a privilege to belong to you. Challenge us in the everyday, Lord, that are we people who have coming in by faith to you and challenge us that if we are not that people, uh, then what do we have to do in our life to get right with you? Maybe it's salvation. Maybe it's a time in our life to say, I believe by faith. Maybe we just need to be challenged that We've lost our way and we've gone our own way and we've taken our eyes off the Saviour. And today's a time just to be reminded, bring our focus back to who you are and what you have in store for us. We ask that this would be a 
blessing to each and every one of us here and online and whoever listens. For your glory and honour we ask, Lord. Amen.